What's happening, everybody, and welcome to this another edition of the Dale and Keith Show. I'm Derek Kerlihan, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend Keith Anderson. <clears throat> Keith, how are you doing tonight, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm not too bad. How are you? Aye, all good. All good, man. All good. Had a um, reason it's coming out a bit later this week, guys, rather than the usual um, Monday that we usually do. Is uh, had had my wee girl's been sick all weekend, so uh, it's been a it's been a rough, it's been a rough couple of days for her, but she's getting better, mate. So that's why we're able to, able to throw it up tonight. How's things with you? Are you doing all right? Aye, aye. Just aye, week's been a bit, nah, but as what it is, nothing, nothing dramatic. Certainly nothing as bad as you. As long as the wee one's all right, that's the main thing. Glad to hear yeah. she's getting better. Ah, she's fine, mate. She's fine. So you know what it's like though when they're at school and nursery, just catching everything that's going. So, um, aye, and I would like to say that I was hoping that that Rangers would have put me in a better mood over the weekend, but unfortunately they didn't. It just concluded with a lack of sleep and um, everything like that. So we were, you know, obviously we're looking at looking at Saturday, you know, Celtic obviously dropping points tomorrow. That was a massive, you know, sort of call for us to go up here and make a, and try and make a statement and try and, you know, bridge some of those points down and stuff like that. But, you know, it's... Just another thing, isn't it, mate? Before we sort of look at the game, um, you know, sort of thing, it's just a bit, it's just getting, I don't blame the manager or anything like Keith, it's more, you know, the players now that are just, there's guys in there who are just, are they serial bottle merchants? Do you think that's too harsh or do you think that's justified? Oh, man. Uh, nah, I think, I think that's justified. I think we've known that for a while now, you know. Um, this, well, I, I mean, we'll probably pick some of this apart in more detail, but you would say this group of players, but specifically and more worryingly, the core group of leaders that have been about for years is the real ones that we've seen it time and time and time again. We can we can throw a lot at Lammers and Dessels and whatever, but we can't say that you know they've they've bottled it in big games and Celtic have dropped points hundreds of times because they've they've not been here long enough. They've not done yeah. that, um, so it's you know. It, you can only blame these guys for so much. We have to be honest and say it's the core group, it's the so-called leaders. These are the guys that have repeatedly done it over the past four or five years. There's a pattern. 55 is the the obvious outlier. We've got enough data now to say that was the outlier and and why we can can debate. Um, There might be different opinions, but the facts are there. We've done this so many times that you can't say it's a you know you, you can't have forty seven one offs. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just no it's just no good enough. And I think everybody's sort of getting to the the end of their tether, aren't they? You know, they're a mixture of just a number of things. You know, these guys who who are you know end up you know for a, want a better word, shit the bed every time they get an opportunity, um, and just don't 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 bother taking it in. But it was just a really I found it was a really, really frustrating, frustrating day at the office for us. So let's just dig into it, mate. So Rangers, Rangers lined up with um, Butland in the goals, a back four of Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan, and Barisic. Um, John Lundstrom and Kuzwentes starting as we found out that Ryan Jack injured playing eleven minutes for a whole eleven minutes for Scotland. Um, then we had Simmer on the left, Warren sort of as the number ten, and then Cantwell out in the right with Danilo up top, and then we had a bench of um, McCrory, King, Sterling, Dessers, John Suter returning, Yelmaz, 
um, young Rob McCausland, Matondo returning, and Sam Lammers in there as well. So good to see a couple of players coming back, Keith. If you're sort of looking for a couple of positives in there, you know, um, we got Matondo back on the bench, we had Suter back on the bench as well, um, and there. So that was good to see them. And there, now a couple of things. Obviously, I think, I think we started terribly, and they gave us they gave us a warning shot before they scored, didn't they? You know, they done the exact same play just before they scored, and then you know they scored. Butland making a couple of good saves at the start of the game, and then um, they scored again. The boy, um, is it Miyakowski? I don't. I think that's how you say it. He's 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 a pretty good he's a pretty good striker for them. Actually, he put that away pretty well. And there, but again, it's just a start, and it's also against. I mean, obviously, there's all the stuff about Aberdeen and how they, you know, they always, they always try against, they always put in their best performances. And you know, they play four times a season, don't they? And it's always against Rangers. So, um, again, just really, really frustrating start to the game as well. We just didn't seem to get our foot in the foot in the game, did we? Nah, nah, and I guess you know it's. It's a it's a problem. It's a it's a major 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 pet peeve of mine is not starting well. Um, and you know we can go back again talking of patterns. How far do you want to go back when we we see this? You know this not starting well from this Rangers incarnation, if you will. You know, like under Gerard, there was that run of. 13 games or something crazy out of 15 where we went behind and it was often inside the first 10-15 minutes and all this sort yep. of nonsense member. Um, so we're talking about years of pattern here where especially against Aberdeen um, and and especially in games where you know there's something to play for more than more than the normal or whatever, that we've we've got this habit of starting slow, giving teams a goal, and lo and behold, what do you know? I, I think. Keep, keep me right here, but when we, we did it against Hearts, Celtic had dropped points, right? And yep. we went 1-0 down at Ibrox early, started slow and managed to get two goals in injury time or 89 and then 93 or whatever, right? But for all intents and purposes, at the, at the very death to win it. But again, it was another slow start, another poor first half. And it's just the, the pattern's there. And if you're going to keep doing that, as we see with that, I mean, it's only two examples, but if you do that ten times, you're you're not going to you're not going to win ten matches. Do you know what I mean? It's going to catch up with you, and it, it very much did. And to be truthful, like you say, with the warnings and the saves, first fifteen minutes in particular, the first half in general, but the first fifteen minutes to half an hour in particular, we were rancid. If we were two or three down, you couldn't have been you couldn't have grumbled because they genuinely we looked every time they went forward, which was not that much quality. You know, it was just a long ball most of the time. We looked all over the place. You you could have you could have got ten thousand people between our centre halves. You've got midfielders, no track and runners. We just they were just coming straight through the middle and we honestly looked like they were going to score or we were going to chuck one in every time they came forward in that first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I looked at the stats case and Aberdeen had like five shots for the target, but all of them were in most of them were in the first you know, the first twenty minutes of the game. Aye. Um and then after they scored, they pretty much done their always. They just try to sit back and try, to, and try to get you know just just try to get the result there. They've got a no bad keeper, I think, in that Roos. He seems to manage to make a couple of good saves in there. Ah, he's um, good, and my office yeah. good as well. So like you say, yeah. you know, they've got a threat in both boxes in that sense. You know, a good goalie and a good uh, a good centre forward. Yeah, they do. So uh, they <clears> gave <throat> us they gave us hassle, but it's, it's not about them. It's about us, you know, and having a. 
and some of the opportunities that we had as well, you know, Balligan's miss and then Lundstrom's follow-up in it as well. You know, Lammers miss at the end um, as well. He win the game. That was a shocker, I thought. And again, I don't mean to keep picking on him, but things just keeps happening where he's always there and he's never, you know, the only time he's done anything any good was against Dundee when we were a couple of goals up. You know, no uh, way no That wasn't a don't... chance either. There was no pressure on him, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you say, we're, we're two, three up already. Game's done, and he's 25 yards out, 22 yards out or whatever. There's no pressure on him. There's no expectation. He's just got a, a free hit, really, isn't he? And to be fair, yeah. it was a cracker, but I... Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was just really... And then also, Keith, a couple of people I thought I want to... I want to talk about as well. And the first one's probably one that we've, you know, it's probably done the rounds is Todd Cantwell, who probably hasn't started the best this season as he did, you know, when he came in last season. However, he is playing out in that right-hand side and he's clearly not not a winger. Um, however, he does offer, he does offer something out there. What are you thinking of Cantwell's performances? Or would you like to see him playing more, more central rather than, rather than up, um, on the right? I I think if we're if we're going back to the to the, the team selection, um, I, I I feel like there is, you know, it's it's, it's not sunshine and rainbows under Clement. He seems to have it in his mind that Cantwell's a right winger, and it's he kind of reminds me of, uh, he's maybe a wee bit more dynamic, maybe. And I say maybe because I'm not hundred percent sure. I'd, I'd probably need to watch more, you know, get get a more a bigger sample size, but. It's kind of like when Gio in particular, but I think it happened a couple of times, was throwing Hadji out there and expecting expecting big things, you know? It, yeah. It, it, it's, it feels very square peg, round hole sort of thing. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I think he's wasted it there. I think um, <clears throat> if it's me, for example, on Friday, or Friday, on Sunday, just swap them in. Lawrence has played most of his career as a winger. Uh, or, or uh, you know, in, a, in that right wing position, a lot of time at Derby, he was right wing and left wing, you know, more than he was central. So, yeah. like, he's got a lot of a lot of experience out there. I'd be I'd be throwing him out there before I'd be putting Cantwell, and I'd put Cantwell in the middle. For me, I think Cantwell's best work is probably as an eight, to be honest, starting a wee bit deeper and coming on and dictating play. I think that's probably where he's at his best, giving him free freedom to roam. He could probably do that as a ten and a and a four two three one that Clement likes to play. I'm sure he could I'm sure he could he could be good in there. But out in the right I, I think he's wasted. I think Clement seems to be getting a wee bit stubborn about it. It seems if if you say to him you've got one for the ten, it's I think he would pick Lammers ahead of ahead of Cantwell and I just think that's madness. I don't I don't get it. Yeah it does seem like the Lammers and has been playing a lot more out um, in the 10. Is that just a case of injuries? Am I trying to, you know, because we have had a lot of it all our wingers out, you know, is it the case of that? Or else is it more a case of you think that, he's, you know, he sees him out there? It's a, it's a good conversation to have and it's, you know, it's quite interesting one, you know, where we where we see him. For for me, I, I, I totally agree with you. I see him as a, you know, as a number 10. He needs to be in there because he's, like, like you said about the Hadji thing, he's not quick enough. To be a winger, you know, playing the way that we play, you know, we we want to play like that, you know, we want like a Matondo, a Simmer, or a you know, and a Coslin out there on the wing, and you want you want basically either Lawrence or Cantwell to be fighting for that number ten spot, don't you? That's it. I think it's very much the. the it seems the flavour for the winger is, it's a it's variation definitely, but there has to be that element 
under Clement, he seems to like the element of I'm going to go buy my man, get to the byline, and have a cutback or a you know what I mean, like an old, an old school winger. They they need to seem to have that option. Um, your Matondo very good at it. Sima can do it. Even McCausland to an extent. Um, he's probably the perfect blend for Clement in terms of skill set, to be honest. But um, I think that Cantwell definitely doesn't have that option. You know, he's he's not that guy that he doesn't have it all. I can't see him you know, sprinting past his man, getting to the byline and doing a perfect cutback or whatever. It's no, it's not his game, you know. So I think yeah. like you, there is a key component missing for the way that Clement wants or seems to want our wingers to play. Now, he says he sees something in it. He sees something in Cantwell out there. So maybe, you know, we, we're guessing at, at what he's looking for. Maybe that's not what he's looking for. But um, certainly it seems to be from what he, he's asked, what the guys are doing. And Cantwell's just not going to do that. He's going to drift in instead, which is what he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's you know, I would, I would like to, I, I'd really want to see Cantwell, preferably on Thursday, starting in that ten role, and letting like Simma um, and McCausland, or you know, Matondo and McCausland sort of have a run at the, have a run at them and play Cantwell in that ten role and see how he does, um, um, as well. Death, I think that I think that'd be a good spot. Now the other ones I wanted to talk about is I want to talk about the defence sort of in the whole Keith, mm-hmm. um, as well, particularly. I thought it was probably one of Connor Golson's poorest games. You know, oh, he's he was. Yeah. Aye. Um. You know, it's as you know, as a chat. Obviously, he's not going to be playing on Thursday, um, because he's suspended as well. And another one I was what I have a chat about was was Barisic. I think he's had an absolute he had an absolute honker as well. Just constantly Aye. no looking. As soon as he gets the ball, his first instinct is to pass it back the way. You know, there's no. There's no looking up, trying to pass it and run anymore that he used to, you know, sort of things he used to do. It just looks, it just looks like a broken player, didn't he? With absolutely, you know, zero confidence. You know, he sort of, I think his Croatian manager spoke about that um, as well, and he said he'll no be back in the Croatia team until he's, you know, until his form picks up or he does something with it. And that's that, that's very, very telling, isn't it? I think the only thing you see Barisic nowadays getting to the Barisic of old is see if. If in the first five minutes on Thursday he whips in a great ball and somebody gets a header on it, whoever scores, scores, and then he goes right. So he's got an assist. We're one nil up. We're strong favourites. The pressure's lifted a wee bit. His confidence grows. Then watch him, and he will do. As soon as he gets it, he'll play it forward, like diagonally forward into a midfielder, and then he'll he'll, he'll go looking for the one two, looking to get the option, looking to get high and wide and put in another cross. He'll start playing hungry, aggressive, forward, all that stuff. But it, it seems it seems to need that, you know, we, we, we need to be ahead and he needs to have been co- contributed something good to the game before you get out on these days. And you're right, it, he's dropped for the, the recent Croatia squad for that very reason. He was in the squad, he was playing. The coach said at the start of the, the, the previous round, I feel like we're starting to, we've found our, we've found our right blend. We've got Bonner at left back and he was quite, um, you know, he was praising him and he was he was being quite quite positive. And then he goes, has a terrible performance in the next next round of fixtures. He's not in the squad and the coach is saying, actually, you know what, nah, he's not getting in the team again. He's got to yeah. pick it up. So something's definitely happened. And it, it has been, it has been poor for us recently. Yeah. Um, after that, I would say like last season he was all right. He was one of the, he was a five out of ten, which was better than most people. And he started the season kind of similar, then all right, I thought. But I don't know the last 
10 games or whatever. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe the new manager's just asking him to do things he's not comfortable with. Maybe he's, you know, he's just not fully fit or his confidence is taking a massive knock. Or I, I don't know. But either way, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely dropped. And he wasn't exactly in the best of forms recently anywhere. You know, it's been a couple of years since we've seen the best of him. Yeah. So for him to drop again is a big worry. And, you know, we can maybe talk about the guys that are up for renewal. But would you extend yeah. them? I don't think so. I don't think anybody yeah. would. No, I don't think so. I think his time's done. I think he needs. Aye. I think for us and for him, I think aye, he definitely aye. needs a. He needs a new lease of life somewhere else. Maybe try and get some. Glenn Kamara, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Except I think we need to play him. Aye, aye, we need to play him the new because it seems like Ridvan is he is he the answer in there? He's, you know, he's. Um, you know, obviously, get found out at the Hearts game. You know, with the header at the back post. But other than that, he's been fairly. He's been fairly comfortable. And then Livingston, when he came on, he played. He played almost like a left winger, Ridvan, when he came on. Aye. Um, which was, I mean, it was only for a couple of minutes at the end of the game, probably just to just to kill a bit of time and bring him on. But yeah, I don't think Ridvan's the answer either, to be honest with you, which is a shame because I really like him. Um, but just injuries and everything. If we could get That's if somebody from Turkey came in with the money, you know, would you take it? You'd be like, absolutely. You know, Aye. thanks very much, and away you go. I mean, I think the kid's got a skill set that would be useful, but if he's, his body's not cut out for Scottish football, then it doesn't matter. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it's no good. Um, so that that's my worry is that we've not seen enough of him to actually know if he is the answer or not, because he's, his body's not allowed him to get a run of 10 games where you go, aye, that, guy's, that guy can do it week in, week out. Can you get, you know, a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, or what are you getting off him? Uh, consistently, we don't know because he's not played consistently. Because he's well, we assume anyway, mostly his body's breaking down, and then I, I don't know if, if the manager's not picking him for other reasons or whatever. But I mean, I don't know, it's three managers as well. He's, he's yep. been here since, isn't it? Gio signed him, didn't really play him, Beal didn't play him, and Colon's not playing him. So, mixture of injuries and people don't seem to fancy him. I, I think he's not the answer. Yeah, and then what about what about Conor Golson, Keith? Like like we mentioned there, it's probably the poorest we've seen him for a long time, um, in there as well. And he's came under a bit of a bit of pressure. Is this just think it's just a one off from him? I think he needs to sort of clear his head and not think he's as good as what he thinks he is. Or you know what is it about him? You know because I did think he was very very poor, and it's and it's not like him. Think that's just a one off. No, no, I, I think. Um... Last season, we seen Conor Goldson pick up some injuries, and before he was ever present, um, I think between injuries starting to happen, and you know, maybe a little bit of that this season, and then last season and this season, I feel like he's been less consistent as a player. I think he's just maybe getting to that stage of his career, and this is the player we've got now, as he's a wee bit more injury prone and he's less consistent, and maybe that's a well, we could manage him by playing him less and it would keep him a little bit fresher and fitter and that's something that we maybe need to recruit to, to, to satisfy and, and he could still be as good. Maybe he's just not as good as he used to be, um, which does happen and he's, he's fell off a cliff a wee bit. I don't know, but it, for me, it's definitely not a one-off. I think we've seen other performances this season that have been below the, the pretty consistent Connor Goldson standard that we've seen for most of his time at Rangers. Love him or hate him or be somewhere in the middle when I'm probably somewhere in the middle. You know, he has been pretty consistent. He's always had the odd brain fart, but, you know, if he was flawless, he wouldn't be at Rangers. So, yeah. you know, he's been good for us for the most part, relatively consistent. 
especially when partners are chopping and changing beside them, it can't be the easiest. But I feel the last the last twelve months in particular, this calendar year, he's he's had a few bad performances. I, I don't think it's a one off for you. Yeah, I'm sort of getting to that stage as well with um, Keith as well. He is getting that bit older. He has had a couple of injuries recently as well, and his body's sort of failing him a wee bit now as well. But we've, you know, we signed him in a four-year contract what, a year and a half ago. Aye. We've still got still two and a half years left of him being there. Um, so it's, you know, hopefully, I, I, I do think he does offer something that none of the other defenders do currently in the team. You know that sort of leadership, you know that that he does that he does have in there. He does offer something. I think just that wee bit different um, that we don't have at the moment. I think the rest of them, like Suter and Balogun and Davis, are sort of fighting for that other spot beside them. I think he's a nailed on, um, but he does need to pick up a wee bit because, like I said, I think that's the poorest I've seen him in a long time. But obviously, he's having a he does play all the time, and then obviously on Thursday he's having a week, having a day off. So. Um, it might, it might give him a bit of a break to have that week off, you know, not playing anything until next Sunday at, St, um, at Ibrox against St Mirren. Uh, that, that is true. Um, you know, him and, and Balligan obviously is not in the European squad, so I do yeah. set a half pairing on, on Thursday night um, and we can maybe talk about that a wee bit at the end, but um, maybe the, 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 the week off or the game off will we'll do him a wee bit of rest and, and do him some good. I don't know, but again, I, I still feel for me if if we're going to get to the level we need to to be consistently winning or competing a bit better for trophies, he's probably one of the ones that I'd like to I'd like to get a new leader in at the back for me. Mm-hmm. Um, almost born that yes, thank you, Connor, for for good service. But if he's still a leader at the back, I think we'll be in trouble. Yeah, it's an interesting one again. You know that sort of the sort of discussion and then the last well we could we, we could go through everybody but the other one that sort of really wanted to highlight was Kiswentes sort of coming in um, he got suspended um, in international duty so he didn't play one of the games and he came straight in now I think he I think he was alright at sort of you know the passes but there was nothing that really it didn't it, it, it didn't shine out to me he didn't take the game by the scruff of the neck so I think he needed these games as well because you know, usually we need two midfielders in there battling and fighting. You know, I just sort of felt there was something missing with his performance. You know, he didn't he didn't wow me. And I guess it's a bit difficult when you're away to Aberdeen to sort of wow anybody. Um but I just thought there was something missing in his game key. Did you did you sort of pick that up or are you sort of thinking anything different there? Um I, I, I truthfully I think you've probably been a wee bit harsh, if I'm honest. Um for me anyway he um he grew out of the game. I don't think he started particularly well, but as advertised, nobody did, I don't think, for us, apart from Jack Butler making a good save, I think, in, in the first 15-20, we were, we were pretty inept across the board. So I, I don't think he started well, but I think he grew into the game and he got stronger, especially in the second half. Um, and even in the first half, I think he, for me, he does all right at winning a few tackles at the edge of the box when you think they're just a bit of shoot or we could be in a wee bit of trouble. And like I said, we, we did look as if we were all over the shop at times. But he was there and he got a few good blocks, a few good tackles in. And then in the second half, he's winning the ball higher up. He's recycling it. He's he's involved. I, I don't know. I actually, I thought he did all right. Um, not no, no brilliant by any means, but certainly given that he's not played for Rangers in ages um, or much at all. He's, you know, just came back from international duty in South America and he's threw in 90 minutes a starter. 
uh, away to Aberdeen when the more uh, seasoned Rangers players run about him or having a collective dog's dinner at the start. I think he did all right. You know, it would have been easy for him to just disappear and hide. But he, for me, he didn't. He got on the ball more in the second half. He was involved higher up. Um, and he was doing his thing, winning it back and, and giving it to others and recycling the play higher up the pitch. And I think it helped his build pressure. For me, put, put it as we have to say, who did you think had a better game, Lundstrom or Sifuentes? I thought Lundstrom, personally. I thought Lundstrom was dog meat, man. Honestly, I, I thought he was, especially in the first half, I thought he was terrible. I, I thought Sifuentes was better than Lundstrom all day, um, especially considering everything I just said. You know, Lundstrom's experienced. He's had the full international break. He's been working with the team. He should be fit. He should be fresh. Meant to be a leader. He was showing no leadership. He was not dictating anything, especially in that first half. I thought he was poor, really poor passing was erratic. I thought Sifuentes was better. So, no, I thought the kid did all right. I, I, th- I felt like, ah, actually, but there might be something here. I know people, he was getting some hate. I thought he did all right. Certainly, I thought he was, I thought he was better than Lundstrom. Um, and I have uh, no qualms about giving him another shot on Thursday. I mean, I think he's going to have to play. I like um, this, first of all. I, I like this, how we're sort of disagreeing with this. Because, it, it's, it, you know, I, I think you, us two usually have the sort of same... So, so I like it. I, I like how we're sort of disagreeing here and, you know, sort of doing something else. But obviously he's going to have to start on, um, he's going to have to start on Thursday unless Jack comes back, which doesn't look likely. And Raskin comes back, which I don't think will will happen either. Um, so, um, but, I, but I think it's fair enough to give him a chance, you know, you know, to sort of implement. Obviously, he's sort of, he hasn't played a lot of football since he's been here. So get him out on the park and see what he see what he can do. Yeah. I think he, he needs, I still feel like he needs time, you know, he arrived late from LA, he's, you know, just um, come in and it's been a lot of flux, he's not played a lot of football, you know, he, got, he, he came in, it looked like he was maybe just starting to, to get somewhere and then he got an injury and then, you know, like all that, and then the manager chased and it's been a lot of appeal for a, for a young kid and, you know, going for wherever he was from, I can't remember where they signed him from, um, to... Um, LA and then coming to Glasgow, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a culture shock in that as well. So, no, I, I think there's a player in there, and, and I would, um, I'd like to see him get more minutes and certainly more time in general. You know, like I think that we'll, we'll hopefully be able to judge him better in the second half of the season, regardless. Um, but I would still like to see him get more minutes, certainly as far as I'm concerned. I'd be trying to build him up rather than playing Ryan Jack, fucking hell, man. Yeah, yeah, and chief, you know, just should it should have been gone in the summer. Uh, for me and I would certainly happily see Ryan Jack go or anybody on his contract so if that's the case let's invest in the players that will be here next year You know that's a good point you're obviously saying about Jack as well because you know he does go to Scotland and he keeps coming back injured you know, which is incredibly frustrating um, as well and he's all, he's, he's not going to chuck Scotland is he Keith to be honest with you because they're in the Euro you know he's in a, no. he's, he's in a major it? championship he's not Aye. going to do it now and I think that most Rangers fans would be happy to, you know, at the end of the at the end of the you know, the end of the season be like, right. Thanks, Purio, where you go, um, after this. But it is just incredibly frustrating how I really like him as a player, but he just you know, he's just too injury prone and then when he's away with Scotland he all, nine times out of ten he's coming back injured. And this is probably the longest run he's had in a number of years, you know, this that four or five games there where he played every week. It's well, and he's coming back, he comes back injured, and then he's back to square one again. For me, as a, as a player, he 
you know, when we first when we first signed him and he settled in, I genuinely thought we, we could have a, a future captain there. Like mm-hmm. he he does have he does have attributes similar to Red Van that we're talking about a minute ago. You know, he, he's got attributes for sure, um, but his body just repeatedly lets him down. Um, I, I, I do feel like in the last you know the last year or two, season or two, when he's played, he's been hit or miss for me. I don't, I don't think he it's, it's different if you come in and you're. You're, he's brilliant every single week, and you're like, God, if that guy was fit, he's the first team in the team sheet. But even even fit for me, he's he's probably not. You know, like a, a, he, he might be on style just because you know he's he's better at what that that sort of defensive side of it than than most that we've got. But you know, he's he's not he's not phenomenal um, for me anyway. That, that's that's my thing. I've I, time, time for him to go. I, like I said before, I would have. I've said this a couple of times. I had to let him go in the summer, so I certainly didn't need to renew him in the, the, the coming summer. Yeah, yeah. I think most people are now in agreement now that he needs to, he needs to, he does need to go, and you know, you know, we need to get other people in there as well, and to, and to do the in, in the job in the midfield. But it's just so frustrating. Well, we've got him here, and he's, you know, we can't we can't get a tune out him because he's away with Scotland and then playing eleven minutes, and then coming back injured. You're like, what is it? I know. <laughs> 11 minutes in two games, and he, like, he gets on in a, a pointless dead rubber, just, what, did, did Steve Clark put him on, just, all right, I'll put you on, son, so it was, make it worth your while showing up to the camp, was that, was that why he got on, you know, it wasn't like, we're chasing a game, or we're, we're one all up, and they're trying to see the game out, or anything like that, it was just a bit of a, uh, let's throw Ryan Jack on, yeah. give him yeah, some minutes, make it worth his, make it worth his trip. It was a weird one, and then obviously we get we did get, you know, sort of a pen and Aberdeen sort of going back to the Aberdeen game there. Maybe Aye, so got the penalty in the last couple of minutes to sort of get that, and you know, Tav Tav puts away as David Martindale says Tav does what Tav does best, um, and slots it away in the ninety fourth minute. But I seen all obviously Barry Robson, the Aberdeen manager, sort of saying about VR and all that. That's just it's a fucking clear clear as day penalty. The guy's holding him back. And you can see that on the on the replay as well on the monitor, and he has to give it. You can see the clear tug on his shirt. Honestly, don't get wise moaning. It's obviously just try deflect tactics and also potentially looking ahead to the cup final as well. Try to put a bit of pressure on the referee for that game as well. Um, but I, I thought it was a clear obvious penalty, and I think he's he's talking his talking his hook personally. I mean, he's he's doing what he feels he needs to do for. Various reasons, some of which are potential reasons you've touched on. But I think, as far as being a penalty goes, I like to say it's, it's a clear penalty. Put it this way: see if it, it finishes one each, and that's in the ninety-fourth minute. Conor Goldson's doing that to their boy, and they don't get the penalty. Jenkins going to come out and go, "Well, Vardar, its job, you know, it sees that." But it's obviously not a like full pool when there's a wee block in there for your guys, so it was never a penalty. Of course, he's got to be shouting for it. He's going to say the exact same thing he's saying, but he's going to be saying it the other way around. Of VAR doesn't he? apparently because you know it's protecting Rangers or whatever nonsense like you say. It's not just politics and mind games, and he's doing what he feels he needs to do. He knows how well it's a penalty. It's, it's not. There's no real credibility in his his protests. Yeah, exactly. So up the road with a draw, which again is just a on the whole, it's just another. You know, I guess when you go away, the you know not to get beat, but. We should be beating teams like Aberdeen, and you know when we're away from the only team that we maybe should struggle against away from home, you know, is probably Celtic. 
and you would look to commit to that, would be probably a draw. But other than that, we should be beating all these teams in the league fairly comfortably. And Aberdeen have got four points off us this season. If they didn't have those four points, I think they'd be brought bottom or second bottom of the league. Um, and then um, the points that we would have on top of that as well would be would be no end. It's just really, really frustrating that these players can't can do it when it matters the most. Aye, so I, I think for me, there's, there's there's two ways of looking at the looking at the game and the performance in general. And, and the first one is as a one-off. And if you look at it as a one-off, I think you know there's, there's you you could spin it whatever way you want. I think the manager spun it one way, and um, which hopefully he was just it was just spin. Um, and that you know we should have won with a lot of chances. They didn't really have that much threat. Um, we were the better team, more possession, stats, you know, expected goals, all of this stuff. Um, you know, play that game ten times with the exact same stats, you'd probably win it nine, the other nine. Do you know what I mean? So like you, you could throw it like that, Aberdeen, better Rangers teams than, than this have went to Aberdeen and dropped points. So, you know, is what it is. But as you rightly say, again on the same the other side of that particular coin is but Aberdeen are rancid, you know, they're not good at all. They're what are they eighth in the league or something like that? They're, they're struggling. Um, another factor behind Barry Robson is he's maybe under a wee bit of pressure. You know that they're, <clears throat> they're not in a great space. So who knows what's going on? <clears throat> so we definitely should be beating them. We should be beating everybody. We've, we spoke before about the levels between the old firm and the rest of Scotland being massive. To now the rest of them are dross. So anytime you drop points, it's it's painful. So even in the one-off, yes. You could try and put the positives. We created a lot. We created good chances, and we should have won. But the fact is, that's a poor Aberdeen side, and there should be no excuses for us not going out and at least performing much better. Anything can happen in football, you know. Like you miss chances, and you get a, a, a lucky goal or a wonder goal out of nowhere or whatever. But we didn't perform well enough, and and that's that's always a sore thing for me. Yeah, definitely as a as a as a sore one, and really really frustrating how we can how we can you know, when they drop points, we kind of take, kind of take advantage of it. Whereas, maybe not this season, but last season when it was them, if we done it, they were, they were hammering. You know, teams left, right, and centre. So it's just a frustrating one, mate. Really frustrating. And you know, obviously we've got, got a couple of games coming up now on Thursday night. Um, you know, we we'll get, we've got, um, we'll get Limassol on Thursday, then St Mirren at home. So two games back at Ibrox, which will be, which will be nice. Um, we get back there, back to. Um, back to Ibrox and see them and this game's another big game isn't it Limassol and like you mentioned Keith everyone we're going into it with a whole new fresh centre half pairing because Balligan's not on the squad and Conor Goldson's um, suspended excuse me suspended yeah yeah, and like you said big game similar to Aberdeen at the weekend the last time we played Limassol the players as individuals as men as professionals put in an unforgivable performance that, that was part of my issue with, with Sunday was forget anything else, forget the old Aberdeen one or anything. The old fans are a performance and they didn't deliver. Thursday's the same. They always a performance. The performance away in Cyprus was by and large unforgivable. Um, yep. So they absolutely need to need to step up big time, um, which they failed to do on Sunday. The, the, the footballs were lucky in the sense that they've got another opportunity to go and do it on Thursday, you know, if you want to just get it out of your system, go and scud somebody, go and take it out in the next team. Um, that's that's where it is. That's where we are or where we should be. But 
it needs to happen, you know. They they need to they need to perform. New centre half pairing or not, Ben Davis and you know Leon King or or you know John Souter, depending on fitness. I think he, he, if I was guessing, I would say Clement might go for you know whoever's fitter, and that's probably Leon King um, rather than risk a setback for for Souter or whatever. But who knows? But I don't know if Ben Davis is fit either. I can't remember. So. Um, but uh, Davis wasn't on the bench on no um, so, Sunday. Sunday. So, so I don't know what the deal is with him. Um, it might need to be John Souter and, and Leon King if they're the only two fit ones. But either way, they owe us a performance, and we need to really need to be showing Limassol what we're about because it was an embarrassment the last time. Yeah, I would, and I would also keep just to, on on your point about the defenders. I would rather see us play a defender there like a Leon King rather than you know try to put Lindstrom back in there. And play him, play him centre half, play someone who's natural at the position in there, um, which is which is just something I would I would hope for. You know, we've done that quite a lot last season, but that was when we played at five at the back. Ah, I wouldn't yeah, like to see Lundstrom playing as a back four. Um, no, you don't want him in a two in there. That, no, that's definitely not. I think that you, if you're if you're going for a five and a three, whatever you want to call it, and you're looking for somebody that can play out for the back, then then maybe he's done that already in the past. But as a two, you're looking for actual centre half. So. I would have no qualms about giving Leon King a chance. Um, yep. Personally, I think that he uh, he did his best, and all right, you know, he, he had a he had a rough time it, but there was many mitigating circumstances for why the defence wasn't great when he was he was he was getting his run of games. I think he deserves another run, and I don't know. I, I still feel that the kid's got some potential, and I'd like to see see how he performs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'd be good to actually see him back in because I thought, you know, we get. I just fans get excited when we see some young players coming in and playing, you know, like you know, like maybe King. I know King did have enough time when he came in, you know, during that that duo in the Champions League and stuff like that. He did get a bit of a, he did play, but he was playing at centre half with Sands, so it was it was a bit of a struggle during during that time. You know, we see McCausland coming in, we get excited by him. I'd like to see him start, um, as well, um. One of the other things that was interesting, you know, like Matondo came on there for Simmons. Simmons been Simmons been very good, but he sort of maybe fell away the last couple of games. Would you say? You know, he hasn't been as effective. Um, obviously, no got on the score sheet, he was, he, but he still keeps trying, which is something that's I love to see. Would you maybe like to see him maybe coming out the final line and play, give Matondo a start, Keith? Um, maybe I think again, it's hard to judge, right? Because there's so few games in, in either sample size, but he's definitely um, less effective under Clement. I, I think you know he's he's not he's still he's still contributing and, and performance wise, I feel the guy's still playing all right. But he, I don't know. He just I feel like he's he's, he's not in the same run of form. It, to be fair, like I say, it's hard to judge. Maybe it's not Clement's fault because he was pretty dumb meat at the start. Um, and yeah. then he got he had a run of form and he was really good. And now he's doing all right. You know, he's still doing some good stuff, but he, he's definitely not um, on the form he was in at the end of Beal's tenure when he was scoring every game and he looked confident. I feel like he doesn't quite look confident. He's maybe snatching at stuff um, as if, you know, he feels like he's, he was on a run of form and then he's, he's maybe just lost it a wee bit and he's trying too hard to call it back. Um, so maybe, maybe a wee rest would be good. I would also consider... A switch because for me, like we've tried Matondo on the right, and he just it's not it doesn't work. So yeah. Matondo coming back in, if you're going to start him, it needs to be on the left. 
maybe throws him over to the right and see how he does, you know, maybe maybe that may change big enough rather than dropping him. But I would have no qualms with Matondo and McCausland because I don't think I don't think McCausland's good. And as I say, he's probably out of all of them, he might have the most well-rounded skill set because you know he can go by and deliver, but he can also cut inside, he's two-footed and he can pick a pass. So yeah, he's, he's definitely got threats. You know, and obviously it's just been announced tonight as well that, you know, Rangers have officially announced that he's just signed a, a new long-term deal, which is great to see you've got the boy tied down, um, as it was, you know, according to Fabrizio Romano, who is the, the Bible of uh, football. He was sort of, there was a talk of a couple of Italian teams sort of want, willing to take a punt on him. Um, but it's great that we've got him in there. He started so well, you know, sort of came out of nowhere, you know, duty duty injuries and the boys took his chance, you know, all guns blazing and fair play to him. You know, it's been it's been a it's been a great start and you know, like I said earlier, us as fans love seeing, you know, a young guy, a young Rangers fan getting his opportunity. Um he, he shows what he can do and he's taking his chances, you know, against Livingston. I thought he was really good in the first half. He was unlucky, you know, he scored a goal, um the goal got chopped off, but he's you know, and then since then he's made his Northern Ireland debut, and now he's just signed a new, a new long-term deal. The boy must be grinning from ear to ear every day when he wakes up. Aye, like you say, that's what you love to see. Isn't it? Is is one of us in there living the dream, um, just looking for him to go and get a goal, and then that that'll be him probably, won't it? You know, mm-hmm. got a start, got a goal, played for Northern Ireland. Like you say, he's, he's sticking them all off. Um, so I, I think the long-term deal is good. It's good for us, it's good for him. Um, it's now, you know, we've heard it said before from former players and, and legends and that, get, getting signed or getting into the team is the easy part, you know. It's, do you have the right attitude? Can you go and stay in the team? Can you go contribute? Can you go make a starting berth yours? Can you go and, you know, make sure you're in Euro squads and all these sort of things? Um, so I think it's it's good that he's got this new, this new contract. Pressure's off in the sense of, is he going to be here next year? Is he not? Does he need to worry? Doesn't that that's worries off his plate? Now all he has to do is go and show that he deserves to be here. So it frees him up to go and play football. So hopefully it's a good start for the kid, uh, and he can go and build on it. Yeah, it's up to him now, isn't it, to sort of cement his place and see what he can and sh- and show us and show everybody what he can what he can do. He is here for the foreseeable. So get your head down and we wish him we wish him all the best. Aye, um, and the managers played him and. Offered them a deal, you know. It's not like Beals offered them a deal and then disappeared. And then come lunch went and went. Ah, I don't know about this kid, you know, or anything like that. He wasn't really getting much football until Beal left. So the new manager's got faith in him. He's proven that. So he's he's got. He should have all the all the ammunition he needs to go and get after it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's up to it's up to him. It shows what he can do. But Keith, in terms of in terms of Thursday night, you know, this is um, you know, again another. Another massive game for us to sort of get a place into the, you know, we win this game and, you know, we're looking, for, you know, we should be, you know, in the next round of the, you know, the Europa League again. It all depends. Obviously, we've still got Betis away in a couple of weeks um, in there, but it looks like the both of us, if the two of us win those games, we'll be going through. Um, however, the Betis drop any points um, against Sparta um, on Thursday night. And we we don't get beat off them. We you know we win the group do it head to head. So that'd be a fantastic achievement if we were able to win the group. But just getting through would be would be good because obviously if we we get through as top seeds. We don't need to worry about 
um, getting somebody at the Champions League, which is what you what you never want. You essentially get a bye, don't you, to the next round. So it's going to be it's all, all to play for, all to play yeah. for still. And um, and I'm sure that Ibrox will be will be rocking as always on a on a Thursday night when you hear that music. Aye, no, definitely. And I think there's a, I mean, we we don't want to say anything for sure, but. Uh, there's a fair enough chance it's going to be a difficult game for Betis you know if, if that ended in a draw you wouldn't be totally shocked I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility that we win tomorrow and they draw like that that is absolutely possible so it's different if they were at home to Limassol you'd be like oh, you know his ship sailed but apart from away to us it's the next toughest tie you're going to get is is, is away in Prague it's not the easiest so yeah. um, I, I don't know they're a decent side it's a tough place to go could easily be a draw, or dare I say it, a wee prag win wouldn't it do us any harm? No, that would be that would be a nice one to and then we go over to Betis just need to get a need to get a draw, which won't be an draw, easy right? task, obviously. It won't be any, no. it wouldn't be it would be a difficult task to do that, but it's all we definitely all to play for and you know, like we said, the games are the games are coming thick and fast now, so you know, St Mirren and um St Mirren on um, Sunday. Sunday and then after that there's, you know, in between now and Christmas there's a crazy amount of games coming up, so it's it's all we definitely all to play for. You know, Hearts during the week. Um, after right, that, yeah. isn't it? Hearts away, Hearts away and, then, yeah. and then Dundee, I'm sure at home, and then the best game, then the cup final. Um, as well, I've had an absolute mare about the cup final because um, Sarah, my wife's English, and we were supposed to go down to her family because it's the week before Christmas just to see them and you know sort of have a wee Christmas before it with them um, and that's the day of the cup final you know we're coming back on the Sunday but I've managed to to pull a blinder when I'm coming home on the Saturday night so I can, so I can go to the cup final and it's my, my wife and kids are coming home on the on the Sunday so I'm still be there to support the team which is which is good but you'll get a very happy wife by doing it but you know I did say the Rangers were my first love the boss mate you could be missing the cup final I know exactly I'd be raising sitting on a Sitting on a train or a plane, coming home and can he can he hear what's happening? So I'll be I'm totally. I'll be there. I'll be there for the cup final. But let's see, keep the key, games are coming thick and fast, and it's you know it's it's all we play for. And if we can just get you know some of these results, and you know Celtic aren't you know we just need to keep making try and make headway on them. Although we've had glorious opportunities and failed to do it this weekend, but um, I guess that's where the manager can come in and try and you know realise what these players are and work with them. You know, I don't blame the manager at all for 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 the result. You know, it's the guys on the pitch who who do it and I think it's you know it's you know it's pretty telling. He isn't the first manager that they've done this with um either. So um it's pretty telling that that these players need to get their finger out or get out. I think that that's the key thing over the this next run of games, you know, like I okay we can moan about the Aberdeen game and I've done something tonight and if this point lasted enough three hours, I could probably fill it. But the it, it, it's it's really what's going to happen over the next whatever it is, you know, 11, 12 games, whatever we've got between now and uh, the break on the second of Jan at New Year after after the Kelly game. Because if we go and win all of the rest, then the Aberdeen game, you're like, actually, you know, probably isn't that bad. It's all right. We're, we're closer in the league. We've won a cup. We've, you know, if, if that is the only drop points in that whole run, then fair enough. But if it's not, uh, and we see more shit in the beds, then it, it becomes 
evidence of of the pattern we've seen before. You know, where we've said, as I said tonight, this core leadership group continually letting us down. Where you know, it's a, the game was a microcosm. You know, we missed lots of chances on Sunday. We give away a wee, a weak goal, chuck one in, slow start. You know, all, all that stuff. Like you mentioned letting Celtic off the hook and sending the message, the psycho the psychological message of we're not on the ball to, you know, pounce on your mistakes. So you can keep making mistakes and you'll probably be all right and you'll probably get away with it. And they probably will. You know, like that sort of stuff. Um we need to we need to arrest that. It, it needs to just be that one off. This next run of games is going to tell us a lot if Clement has made a, a master stroke with this group or it's going to tell him everything he needs to know, you know, that he needs to get rid of all these boys. He's still, as we've said, and as he said, you know, he's trying to observe and figure out who's who and what their personalities are, what their mentalities are. And he did say something on Sunday, which I kind of disagreed with a wee bit after the game. He said, I didn't see my players stop trying or quit. And I said, I didn't see them give up or quit or words to that effect. I did. I felt like from 75, 80 minutes, we pretty much accepted we were getting beat until we won the penalty. I, I, and then we go again. I, I did think maybe when Balligan hits the bar, or I can't remember, there was a moment in and after it, we looked like we went flat and heads went down. I did see that. Clement said he didn't. I'm hoping it's just him. Maybe it's my bias because I've seen it before and I'm reading into something that's not there. But I hope um, it's him just putting spin on it and don't want to come out in front of the cameras and say, like, they're a bunch of losers or whatever, because that, that's probably not fair. Um, but he... Hopefully he did. He has seen things that he he wants to change. And if he didn't, and we go on and, and we do the run that we expect him possibly to do or that they've done in the past, he'll have no doubts, and he should have no doubts because they'll make it clear. They've made it clear to us in the past that they're not they're not up for the battle. They don't have the bottle, as you asked right at the start. So it's a very important run. It'll tell him a lot, and it'll tell us a lot if some of these players are salvageable or if they're not. Yeah, you know, that was it. And Keith, we were talking, you know, probably this time last year and all the way up to the end of the season about, you know, the need for this, you know, overhaul that we that we were supposed to have under Bale and obviously that that crushed with, you know, that failed miserably and now we're having to do it again. But, you know, it feels, you know, we've got a proper manager in place, you know, who'd sort of, you know, goes through proper training with them, knows the players, you know, gets there and sort of knows how he knows how to train players properly because I don't think looking at Bill it seemed like he didn't. So we've got this proper man football manager in who can who can maybe turn it round and, you know, obviously get his own players in. It's just going to matter about you know, obviously we spent a massive amount of money in the summer on, you know, some of these players who are clearly just not up for it and not up to being Rangers players, which which happens to a lot of people. But we're going to have to cut I think we're going to have to cut our losses with these guys and we're going to have to make a pretty substantial loss, whether we can get like, you know, Lammers and Dessers out in loan or, you know, some of these boys out and away. Um but we are going to take a we are going to take a big hit on them, I think. Um and then sort of leaves, you know it sort of leaves Clement to try and bring in his own players because we can't we can't keep doing what we've done, you know, that done that transfer window there where we spent twenty million on absolute duds. No, that that is the that is the point. Uh, um how long is it going to take us to recover from this? So yes. we've been talking about player trading model, etc. Um, and you know that it's brilliant. You know, like the, what's, the, what's the player trading model? Well, you go and sign a guy for a million quid, and then you, you get two good years out of him, and you sell him for five million quid, or ten million quid, or twenty million quid. All that is sounds great, doesn't it? But 
you know, not every signing works out for anybody. So, you know, there's no club has a 100% record on signings. So if you have a bad window like we have, you know, we've went out and we probably had a, a 2% hit rate or something, then the player trading model starts to become very, very different and very, very difficult because how, how do you generate money for nothing? And that yeah. may be where we're at. We're going to need, we're going to need a, di- a director of football in uh, pretty quick for me and we're going to need one that's got a... a, it's got a, a, a a special knack for selling players, maybe more than buying them in the short term anyway. You know, if you said to me, do you want somebody that's good at buying or selling? I'd probably say selling now because we've got tons of dead wood, you know, like if you go through the squad, there's a lot of guys out of contract that you, would, you wouldn't you would renew and all right, okay, that takes care of that. But that's another problem. That's assets walking out the door that we've not been able to sell because we're shit at selling. We need to get better at that and, and quick because as you say, so a lot of guys on the books that we're probably going to take a loss on. I mean, our strikers, even Danilo, he was the most expensive and he's he's the best. But he's he's getting a lot of hope flung at him for me um, of he's the saviour. He's not. You know, is he, can, you, can you see him getting every season he's going to go and get you 25 goals? He doesn't seem that type of player to me. He's not got the all-round game and he doesn't have the natural finishing ability. I don't think he's a good player. But it's just that the other guys have been so shit that everybody's like, oh, Danilo's phenomenal. But he's probably not. And he's probably not worth six or seven million or whatever we paid for him, if you're being totally honest. It's just that the other guys we spent eight on combined have been so much worse. Do you know what I mean? That's that's where we're at. It, yeah. It's, it's a really bad state of affairs, man. It's going to it's gonna take a, a good few windows to turn around. The, the Bill legacy is uh, it's going to hurt us for the next three or four windows, probably, till yep. we're unpicking it all. You make you make a point about the player the player trading model, you know, and stuff like that. But when you're signing a 28, 29 year old in Cyril Dessers, that's just out the windy, isn't it? And you know, we sign him on a long term deal. He's going to be here till he could technically be here till he's, you know, 32, 33, and then you're not getting any money back on him. So it's a, you know, it's just a weird, weird signing for me. And then, you know, that, that was but, the thing we said in the summer was that by. Beal was all in, you know, by signing Dezels, as you say, 29, you're getting him, which should be pretty much at the peak of his powers. Um, and you're letting go your all of the goals from last season and Cholak and Sakala, they were joint top goal scorers for us. You're letting them go. So you need you need your, your man that's, you know, four million and in his pomp to hit the ground running and score your goals. Otherwise, you don't have any. And that's exactly what we, we don't have. So you're right. I, he was meant to come in to be that immediate impact. And you were buying the goals now rather than buying an asset to sell later. Yep. It's not worked out. Have you got no. either? No, but definitely hasn't. And it's just, you know, just another, you know, legacy on, on Bill, which which will be remembered for. He won't be remembered as, the, you know, supposedly the man behind Gerard. He's going to be remembered as a guy who, Sets back and signed all these duds, isn't he? Because that's what he was before that. You know, he was he was the brains behind Gerard, and then when you look at it, like, how can he be the brains behind Gerard? Ah, when, I think know, that speculation's been put to bed. You're right. Yeah. That was the legacy he built. A lot, a lot of people were guessing he must have been. No, I think we know now. He couldn't have been. I don't know who it was. Uh, maybe it was not Gerard, but it certainly doesn't seem to be Beal. Maybe it was Gary McAllister or I don't, I don't know Tim Coleshaw or something. I don't know. Who it was. I know. God knows who it was, but it's a. Like uh, no, no, it definitely doesn't. Definitely doesn't, mate. But that's probably a good place. You know, it's coming up to just under the hour mark here, so good place to a good place to end it. And uh, like I say, we've got two games coming up, both at Ibrook, so it'll be good to see. So me and Keith will be back 
starting next week again to discuss the, the two games that have happened and then obviously I'll look ahead to, to the Hearts game as well and then um, back at Ibrox for Dundee at home on the Saturday. So it's... Um, Fucking fast, as you say, mate. I have def- plenty of games def- to talk about. Definitely. Um, so plenty of games to come up until the January break. But um, as always, Keith, thank you very much. Always good to talk to you. Um, we've never disagreed before, so I think that's a first on the pod. Jesus, we really disagree more then, if that's the first time, man, that's crazy. Exactly. How many years exactly. have we been doing this and we've never I disagreed? Know. That can't be right. I know, I know. Mental, mate, mental. Well, maybe we've disagreed on players to keep and players to sell. I think maybe that episode. Ah, we definitely did that, that's true. A aye. couple of ones that we didn't agree with, so. Aye, but, but all good, mate. So, um, I'll catch you on Thursday at the game. And um, everybody else, enjoy your week and, you know, come on the TEDs. Aye, thanks for listening. Appreciate your time, everybody. Morning, cheers. Cheers, Keith. Cheers.